Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm Paige, your host, and I'm truly so honored and just excited to be spending time with you guys this morning or this afternoon or this evening or just whenever you guys are listening. But really, this conversation with Manon, I believe, is going to be really, really impactful because today we are talking about her miscarriage. And so I want to be so upfront. Friends, if this is something that is really sensitive to you, if this is something that you have walked through or are still walking through and processing, I just ask that you would talk with the Holy Spirit and decide if this episode is healthy and maybe even healing for you to listen to, then please go ahead as we hold space for Manon's story and just are encouraged by her. But I just know this is such a sensitive, tender thing. And so if you need to go ahead and skip today's episode, you know, you can go back and listen to a previous episode of ours. But I just want to be so clear about that. But we also talk about other things in our conversation. We talk about what it was like for her growing up as the oldest of six and she was homeschooled and that is a dream of mine is to have a bigger family and a homeschool and so that was just really special to kind of hear about her childhood uh, from that perspective and she also talks about how she met her husband and in the end we talk about mom style she's a content creator and she just shares a bit about her life and her story with us so I'm so so excited excited to be sharing Manon's episode with you today. As always, if you have been listening and loving the show, would you guys please consider leaving a rating and a review because it helps other like-minded women find the show. It just helps the algorithm like do its thing to get the show to, yeah, women who will also enjoy it. And it also is just so encouraging to my heart as I use the few spare moments I have in the season um, as a mom to two littles to work on the show. So thank you so much to every single person who has taken the time to leave a rating and a review. And finally, I want to leave you guys with this week's memory verse. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, this season, in our second season, I am really trying to memorize scripture. This is something that I have been wanting to do in my personal life more as I just feel deeply the need to have scripture written on my heart and to know it, like truly know it deeply in my bones. And so I decided this would be something fun for us to do together. And so every week I've been sharing a scripture at the beginning of the episode and then also on Instagram I've been sharing little graphics and like screensavers in the stories. So this week's verse is a favorite of mine and it is Matthew 6:26, which says, 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Man, you guys, that's so powerful. And I think as I was reading this, um, I'm trying to memorize these verses actually with my two and a half year old. And I was thinking about how she really does look at the birds. Like she will point them out. She loves them. She loves like mimicking their uh, calls, which I think is so cute and funny. And I just love how like as we memorize this verse and think on this passage, every single time Flora looks at a bird, like I can be reminded of how much my father loves me. Like he will care for me. And I think that's something I've been really realizing is how much, um, as I've become a parent, I've like struggled to accept and trust and felt like it's all on me to like raise these humans and create this home and to care for my husband. And truly, I think there's nothing more freeing and nothing makes me feel more cared for or safe than knowing that, yes, my father cares for me. Yeah. So anyways, those are just some, I guess, initial thoughts and reflections on this verse. And I'd love to hear what God is speaking to you through this scripture. But now it is time to get into our conversation with Manon. So let's jump right in. Manon, welcome to the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm so excited to be talking with you this Sunday afternoon. Thank you. I'm so just blessed to be here. I can't believe you even asked me to be here. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, it is so fun. Um, what a small world it is. Although I have mixed feelings because I had followed you on Instagram for a while and then discovered that we had this mutual friend, my good friend, April. <laughs> um, and she casually mentioned, I think that like you had gone to, I don't know if it was like a baby shower or something, like some event. And she's like, oh yeah, she lives in this city near us. And I was like, what? Like, I don't know why I thought you lived in Orange County. And so anyways, it's just so funny that we yes. actually lived really close to each other, but we never got to like hang out until. I know. Yeah. We literally were moving like the week yeah. later. I know. I remember <laughs> feeling so, so nervous. I like messaged you because we had some like newborn diapers and we were about to move. And I was like, I'm not going to okay. move these. This was in Southern California when we were moving back to Kansas like last fall. And so I was like, hey, you're pregnant. Do you want to get coffee and I'll get you some diapers? And I was like, is this so dumb? But we met up and it was so sweet. And yeah. Yes. Anyways, that's how we oh like, officially met. Yes, it was so sweet. And those diapers were a huge blessing. <laughs> it was so awesome. We actually ended up giving them to somebody else too, what we had left over. So we, you blessed us and we were able to bless somebody else. So oh it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. That is so, so great. great. Well, I remember being shocked too, because I think Garland and Flora are the same age-ish. I can't yeah. remember. When was she born? She was born... June of 2020. Okay. So they're like three-ish months difference. And she okay. came to the coffee shop and she was so just like, I don't know, chill and well-behaved. And I was surprised because I feel like Florida <laughs> was so busy that that was a stage that was just hard for me to like feel comfortable taking her places and be able to 
kind of hang out and stuff and she was just yeah. precious and since then you've had Amos and I just can't wait to hear yes. all about that but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself so can <laughs> share with our listeners if they don't already know who you are a bit about you and your family what you do and where you guys live yeah my name is Manon and my family and I live in Covina California and it's like Southern California area and I've been married to my husband, David, for almost four years. It'll be four years next month. And we have two kids, Garland, who is two. And then Amos is seven months. Yeah. I think Stop. It goes Already? <laughs> yeah, he'll be oh, eight Oh, my months. goodness. Like, yeah, <gasps> it's so crazy. That is so I, nuts. Yeah. I feel like he was just so born. <laughs> totally me too and then I'm like you're so long and squishy and big I'm like oh you are getting big this is yeah (laughs) yeah wait when is your anniversary I think we might have the same one (gasps) it's November 24th okay when is the 25th yeah okay close oh my gosh and ours will be four years this November so literally one day oh my gosh Wow. That was just the time to get married. Yes. (laughs) That is so so fun. fun. Oh my gosh. I love we're on like such similar timelines. That's amazing. Right. I know. So fun. So crazy. So today we're just kind of going to talk about like your upbringing a little bit because I know one thing you've shared is that like you're the oldest of six and have been homeschooled and super interested just to hear about your experience with that because I know so many listeners one like would love maybe bigger families and also are maybe like interested in homeschooling but Mm -hmm. I actually don't have like either of those things in my upbringing like (laughs) I wasn't homeschooled and I was an only child and so Mm -hmm. just really excited to hear kind of like your experience and what that was like for you and then also just talk through um, motherhood as well as like your miscarriage experience that you've shared about so I do want to open up this episode by saying if that's something you're sensitive to, use your discernment if you want to listen. But I think it's going to be really helpful and bless a lot of women who are maybe walking through that. So yeah, take us back. You've shared like the coolest footage, by the way, of like you growing up. Did your parents use their like video recorder, camcorder a lot? Yeah, we did. I feel like as I got older, I kind of took over that role of taking the videos. Yeah, but we recently sent them off, and my mom got them all like put online, and so we have been having so much fun the past couple months, just like digging into those videos, and it's so crazy how it really just brings you back to that time, and it's kind of bittersweet. I think my parents have a hard time watching it because yeah, of how much older we are now, but yeah, it's they're so fun, and um, but yeah, I'm the oldest of six. My parents had me when they were nineteen. Um, they, yeah, it definitely wasn't planned, (laughs) but yeah, it was, I'm so grateful. They like just kept my life and even when doctors had told them not to actually. And so I'm just so grateful for that. Yeah. There's the doctor. I told my mom that I would have down syndrome and that they, because she was 19, that she shouldn't keep me. And even my grandma, who isn't a believer, she was even kind of like, I don't know why you want to keep this baby. And and so thankfully my Lord, my mom was a, became a Christian not too long before. And so she definitely wanted to keep my life and I was born perfectly healthy. And, 
Um, about 11 months later, my parents got married and then they continue to have a bunch of babies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad they did because my, yeah, my siblings are my best friends. I just, I'm so grateful and I feel like homeschooling really brought us even more closer um, just as siblings and even with my parents. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that the Lord had definitely led my parents to homeschool me um, specifically. They were going to put me in school and um, it just wasn't, I, I think my, my aunt was homeschooling. And so my mom was kind of influenced by that and saw how amazing it was. And I felt like the Lord was just kind of telling her to give it a try. And we really liked it. I loved it. I feel like that was just like, I thrived in like the mm, homeschooling like yeah. scenario. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's just like my personality or what, but I I loved it. I just I think when my mom initially decided to do it also, I kind of just my personality was to just do what people told me to do. I didn't really mm-hmm. like I didn't really stand up for, and I was little too. I mean I was probably like five or six, but I would just do whatever anybody told me to do. And she's like, no, I want you to be able to stand up for yourself and to have your own mind. And, um, and so that was an extra thing where she was like, let's try homeschooling because you just be your own individual person. And it was just so great. I loved it. We did a lot of moving growing up and that kind of the homeschooling kind of gave us that flexibility to do that. Mm-hmm. We lived all over Southern California and Tennessee, and I'm just so grateful for the childhood that I had and getting to just meet so many new people and um, getting to be home with my my family all the time. I was talking to my husband and I'm like, that's so crazy. Like until I, as I graduated early at 16. And up until then, I have spent 24 hours like every single day, like with my family. I'm like, that is so crazy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, no wonder we're close. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy, but it was such Mm -hmm. a blessing. And I, I was so grateful with homeschooling too, that it really just gave me the freedom to do so many other things. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, (laughs) homeschoolers get a bad rap because they're just like not super social. They're like all awkward, all kind of stuff, Yeah. which maybe we can be, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but it allowed me to be, I don't know, I was able to go at my own pace for certain subjects that I struggled with. And if things that I loved, I got to really dig into and I got to, I did do sports, which was fun and a nice outlet. And I was really involved in church growing up. And so I was still like, was around a lot of people. Yeah. But, and also like just around your siblings, like you're obviously yeah. having like social interactions oh, all totally, the time with yeah. them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My built built in best friends. And we had a lot of cousins too that were homeschooled. So cool. I feel yeah. like yeah, we were just a little gang, which is great. The dream, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so it was just really cool. And I feel like, yeah, we just got to just we would do our school and uh, whenever we wanted. And I mean my <laughs> my personality is a little different than my siblings. I like to get it over it with as soon as I woke up so I could do whatever I wanted. But my yeah. other siblings would be like let's let's do everything else and push school at the end of the day so every every right. kid's different either mm-hmm. way they get it done but every kid's different and that's okay so and I imagine that like totally taught you like time management too like that is something I still as a mom of two and I'm only 23 but I feel like oh my gosh mm-hmm. time management is like actually such a struggle for me in a lot of ways so 
I just think that's one of the appeals of homeschooling is like allowing your kids to try and kind of fail, but within like the safety of your home and the homeschool environment and allowing them to figure out like how they work best, which is awesome. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that was the cool thing too, especially so um, to back up me, my brother and my sister, that's the top three of my siblings. Yeah. We were all homeschooled pretty uh, quite a long time. I was the only one that okay. was homeschooled all the way through. My three youngest have been in school. Like they're all now in high school, but they've been okay. they've had completely different upbringings than we have, which is so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I feel like that is something that was really cool with especially us older three. We all weren't like super geared to probably go to college. We were definitely liked more working with our hands, being more creative and. Um, I ended up doing hair. My brother, he works in the tree industry. Um, and my sister, she, she's always just been super creative and talented with like fashion and stuff. So mm-hmm. she's kind of does stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of cool that I feel like as homeschooling, you can really just get it honed in on like what your kids gifts are, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. And my three younger siblings, they're now super smart and love school. And so they're, they're, they'll be the ones that'll go to probably college and do all that uh-huh. route. But yeah, it's just cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you feel like, like being the oldest of six, I am just so curious, like, did you feel like you took on kind of a paternal like role at times? Like how much did you like take care of your siblings? And I'm curious, even like as you entered motherhood how much of that like translated I don't know I'm always thinking about Flora and like wanting to empower her and like have her learn responsibilities but also not wanting to place this like pressure on her of like being a third parent you know I mean she's two and a half but you know she's going to be the oldest of lord willing like lots of kids so I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on that yeah, absolutely. So my nickname growing up was the other mother. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> so that's yes. so fun. <laughs> it was definitely like the other, yeah, the bonus mom, I guess. I don't know if it was always a nice thing or not, but <laughs> the other siblings, mother. Yes, but I definitely took on that, um, yeah, just that role. But I loved it. It was never mm. like I've heard. I've heard other older siblings, and it felt more of a burden to them. But I thankfully didn't feel that ever. I it was such a honor for me and just something that I feel like I was born to take on. And I feel like that is kind of the thing as the older sibling, like the Lord and I remember thinking that when I had my daughter too, it's just like the oldest. You were the firstborn. Like, God, that wasn't an accident. The Lord specifically picked these firstborns for a reason. Yeah. And I feel like I always took that role pretty to heart. I just felt, yeah, it was just pretty serious for, to me, just, Hmm. yeah, setting that example. And I think, I don't know if it was because I was home all the time too, just seeing that my mom needed help. She was always, she was pretty (laughs) sick when she was pregnant. So I feel like I would have to help. And I just, I loved it though. It was always just really just, it was an honor to get to help her. And I, it was really nice because it ended up setting me up for when I did get married and become a mom, I feel yeah. like I was pretty prepared, which was nice. Mm-hmm. I knew how to cook. I knew how to cook every meal that my mom ever made. I knew how to clean a house. I knew how to, like all that stuff. It was just, it wasn't like a shock to me, which is yeah. nice. But becoming a mom, that, it was crazy because I wasn't really worried like going into it because I had taken care of, care of kids for so long. But um, the one thing I feel like, it was weird that when I did have it, 
my daughter, I it was more like not realizing that I would have to nurse her all the time and like be up in the middle of the night. Like I, I changed diapers and hold them and rock them to sleep and all that kind of stuff and helped in that way. But I, the middle of the night thing was new. Yeah. And also it being your kid, like that is your sole responsibility. Like as a sibling, you're like, okay, this isn't working mom. Can you take, you take Mm -hmm. the baby please? But yeah, as a mom, it's like, oh my gosh, you are this is my sole responsibility and that's yeah. never going to change. And that's so crazy. But that was, I would say that was the main thing. But other than that, it wasn't super shocking. I feel like because of that, going from zero to one wasn't as hard for me as from going from one to two. One to two okay. was a little bit harder. I could mm-hmm. think because I mean, it's just more kids. I knew yeah, how to do right. it, but it's still just, I mean, my kids are 20 months apart. So it's, is a lot yeah but so awesome totally. yeah oh my gosh well thank you for all of that like background too and I love hearing like your heart it's so cool to hear how the Lord has been working in your heart even from such a young age like the fact that you're saying like it was such an honor to help your mom and that you love to serve in that way I just think that is so so beautiful and such an example of like what we as women should like strive for is to delight in serving our family and serving others and being helpful in that way. And so I'm so encouraged by your example in that. And also just cool to hear about homeschooling and kind of how you said you graduated when you were 16. That's yeah, I, incredible. Yeah, I was weird. I just, <laughs> like I said earlier, I like to just, I would like to get up and do my school and get it over with. And it got to the point where like, you know what, what else am I going to do? I'm just going to bust through some school. And then I knew I wanted to be a hairstylist, and okay. so and I, I knew that I could do that. I had to be 18 by the time I graduated, so I knew okay. I could start, and it's 11 months or 10 months. I can't remember, but I knew I could start when I was a little past 17, yeah. and so I, yeah, that was kind of my goal. I'm like, you know what? Let's just get the show on the road, get this started, totally. and so yeah. I finished school, and then, yeah, started beauty school at 17 graduated right after I turned 18 and then I started working in the salon for six years Wow! and then I stepped away. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So what was that season of life like for you? Were you still living at home and when did you meet David and all that like while you're doing hair post-graduating? Yeah, I was living at home. So I lived at home up until when we got married, um, which was a huge blessing too, not having to pay for rent or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I worked, I don't know how many salons I worked in or for how long, but when I was 20, I had 19, 20, I kind of entered a small rebellious season. I feel like it was just, I just felt like I was a, like a lukewarm Christian. I would go to church, but then I would, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I was fully just like seeking the Lord and the Lord totally like convicted my heart and like by the grace of God, he kind of just, just pulled me out of that season. And I kind of entered a season of just fully just seeking the Lord and really just working a lot. And I literally, I was thinking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I used to go to church all the time. I like, that was so nice. Just getting just all that sweet, intimate time with the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that was probably a couple for a couple of months before I met David. And I was always just thinking, I'm like, God, I'm so grateful he didn't meet me like six years, six months prior to when we actually met. Because I'm like, wow. I wasn't a great person. I, the oh. Lord definitely changed my heart in those months. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. 
Yeah, Zoom's timing is so good. (laughs) Oh, it's so perfect. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Um, So one of the Bible studies that I started going to, I met a, I found a mutual friend there. And to back up a little bit, when I had just finished um, graduating from beauty school, I had met this guy and really cute, his little girlfriend, or like their adorable little Instagram couple. And I think I started following them or something like that. And um, this app called Photo had come out and not really anybody was on it. And so um, I started following them and he, they were, he was posting pictures of my husband and I was like, Oh, this guy's really cute. And he's posting all these things about church and like the Bible and music and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, this guy's really cute. So I'm going to follow him. And he, yeah, he followed me back. I was, we were, neither of us were really people to like crush on people over the internet basically, uh-huh. but yeah. we did for two years. I had a crush on him <gasps> and stop. it was like, yeah, it was so crazy. And so whenever I would like possibly like start like going dates with somebody else, he would always be in the back of my mind. I'm like, Lord, what's wrong with me? Why do I keep Because you like never stranger? met this guy. No, yeah. I never met him before. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like a crazy person. But <laughs> it's just ironic. The Lord's just, the Lord put him there for a reason. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so after my season rebellion, I started going to um, a Bible study on Monday nights and I saw a mutual friend there and there weren't really many people at this Bible study. And so we're like, hey, let's sit together, like whatever. And so- I came to find out that he is in a band with my husband and I was freaking out. I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy I've been crushing on for two years. The he is in a band with him. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and eventually their band came and played at our Bible study. And so I knew that they were coming and I was like, Oh my gosh, I finally get to meet him. I was kind of seeing somebody else at that time. And I met him. We didn't really talk that much, but it was like so surreal finally meeting David and I ended up ending it with that guy, the other guy that night. I was like, sorry, I don't have peace about this. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's how David and I first met. And we kind of just over probably a month, I would go and to different churches and watch them play and just kind of got to know him a bit. And then eventually we exchanged numbers. I invited him to go to the beach with my friends and my friend conveniently had to get dropped off at her parents' house. And so it ended up just being him and I at in and out after the beach. And uh-huh. we talked for like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, he like prayed for our lunch. And I was like, I'm sold. This guy is so <laughs> this great. Is it. I'm like, yeah. Just, yeah. I'm like, he just loves Jesus so much. I'm like, this is, this is awesome. And Aww. it was so ironic because my whole life I had prayed for a guy just to be just have a heart for the Lord and just all that. And I'm like, ironic that his name is David. And he's just like a man who just sought the Lord. Yes. His heart. After his own heart. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's how we met. Oh, that is so cute. I love like how I think, I don't know. I've been thinking so much about obedience and, um, embarrassed kind of to say that just has not been a priority or something I've really thought about much in my life or in my Christian walk until like this year. I've really been trying to press into that and talk with mentors about what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And I a theme I noticed with a lot of like Christian women specifically 
is like having some sort of season of like rebellion and then committing themselves to like not dating at all or Mm -hmm. like really starting to pursue the Lord and then meeting their husband like within a couple months. And um, I just love how that's like part of your story too. And also it's so interesting how this was like a long term thing though, like two years of from afar, just kind of like thinking about him, not really like knowing what was going to happen after not even like meeting him at this point. And so, yeah, that's so wild. Like how long then did it take, I guess, after that in and out date for you guys to like, yeah, get married, get engaged and get married? Yeah. So we, we've made it like official, I guess I should say, (laughs) like a couple of weeks, a couple of months later. And then from then, I think we dated for like a year and a half and then we got engaged and then we got married four months later. So Sweet. I love that. And how old were you at this point when you got married? I was 22, I believe, and he was 24. Okay. So cute. I love that. And I also know like I'm especially like personally kind of curious to pick your brain about this, but. I know you said that he was in a band and also I know that like his dad is a pastor. So you said that he's like been in ministry really long term. You were telling me before we hit record and I'm finding myself like for the first time feeling truly like a, not a pastor's wife, but like a ministry wife, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Like my husband has served in churches throughout our whole marriage in different contexts. Like he was a youth pastor when I met him and then he's been serving in like worship roles, whether it's like volunteer or like part-time. He's done a few like part-time jobs, but this is the first time where he's like on staff, like worship director for a church and it's like the full-time thing. Um, And so I would just love to know for you kind of what this journey has been like as a wife to someone who's been in ministry, I know that can come with so many, um, so many gifts and also so many challenges. And so, especially like being a woman in your twenties with young kids, just kind of what has that process been like throughout your marriage to be serving alongside of him and navigating some of the things that come with, yeah, being in ministry. Yeah, a lot. (laughs) I feel like it's so (laughs) crazy. Um, yeah, he, so my husband's served in his church. Um, he was, yeah, his dad's a pastor and he was a part of the worship team. I think since he was like 10 years old, he was really, he's a drummer and his family, that was something I remember really thinking when I met them, they are just a family of servants. Like they just serve the Lord and others. And it's like, that is like their passion and it's so inspiring. Um, but yeah, I remember just, we have tried multiple churches since we got married and eventually the Lord ended up calling us back to his home church where his dad's the pastor. And we ended up moving into my in-law's basement. And this was probably, oh gosh, probably like two years into our marriage. I'm not entirely sure, but, um, and yeah, it was, it was a, it was a really cool because we really knew it was the Lord that was leading us there. But with that came him really getting involved in church and being just gone a lot. And 
I think that was probably the hardest thing for me is just not having my husband around all the time or getting to go to church as a family on Sunday mornings and like all that, like, cause that's yes. what I grew up with. Like, yeah. um, just coming together and like getting to go to lunch afterwards and like not, I don't know. I just, that's what I grew up with, but it, it was, I feel like that was a huge like sacrifice and it also goes with something that I feel like um, for me, I would always struggle with like, where do I fit in in this? And mm-hmm. because it was a new church, I didn't want to jump directly into serving because I just feel like my heart wasn't quite there yet. I wanted to just like, I don't know, just kind of wait before the Lord and just, I don't know, just listen and hear. And yeah. Um, and over time, the Lord actually put on my husband's heart to teach the young adults ministry. And we did that for a year. Um, and that was, I feel like when we started that, the Lord really started changing my heart and really just speaking to me and really just telling me that my serving him, it's all about just like the posture of your heart and also like me sacrificing, like letting my husband like serve all the time, this church, like, like that's me serving him too, by taking care of our kids and doing all the things at home. Like that, that was me serving the Lord. And mm-hmm. not doing it, grumbling, not like being all, I don't know, just kind of bummed about that. But instead having that, I feel like the Lord changed my heart and turned it from being bummed out and kind of like, oh, Lord, this is what I'm doing. I'm not doing something cool for you in the church. Like, yeah, like if you do yeah. all this stuff, instead I'm like at home getting my kids ready, trying to get us to church on time. And then mm-hmm. like sitting in the mother's room and not even getting to sit in the study. And but yeah, the Lord is just he was doing his own work during that time. And he still is. That's still I feel like we're still in that season because um, eventually the Lord did. He called us to leave everything a couple months ago he was just like okay the scripture that we had put god put on my husband's heart was just like abraham god told abraham to leave to pick up his family and leave and that's what the lord kept bringing up to us so we're like okay i guess we're moving we're leaving churches and we're my husband switching his job yeah so that's kind of where we've been the lord has provided a house he's provided a new church and a new job and so Mm. Um, we've just been, and I feel like during that time, we've just been kind of waiting before the Lord and just, he, this is the first time my husband hasn't been like actually serving consistently in, in his whole life, basically. Wow. And it's been really just refreshing getting to just soak up this season and just to lean on each other and just to go to church together and just for, I know it's a short season, so we're just enjoying it, but yeah, it's, totally. That's kind of what I've yeah we've been going through. Mm, yeah, I know so much of what you said resonated with me and will resonate with other women whose husbands again, even if they're volunteering and doing like slides on Sunday morning or something. Yeah, um, it is a sacrifice, and it's not as like fun or glamorous as like doing yeah some type of cool ministry like in the church like exactly what you said like getting your kids ready and going to church and sometimes like literally going there only to not even get to be in the service at all like just sitting (laughs) and rocking your baby at the back or nursing them and I know I've had seasons um especially like this last year when we were in Kansas where there were times when that was like super hard for me and I was like what is the point like I've always loved 
church and it's just been such a fun thing for me even like I don't know personality wise I think I just love like gathering with other believers and like singing together and just getting to enjoy the presence of the Lord together but it was kind of the first time where I've experienced like why am I even coming if I'm just like sitting alone and that church we were at this past year before moving like didn't even have like a live stream or like you couldn't hear the audio so I was when I was away I was like I literally don't know what's going on like I'm just alone in this room and um I just want to encourage anyone who's like in that similar season that is it is so worth it to keep going and I know that those have been some of the moments where I've like wrestled with the Lord (laughs) like when Mm -hmm. um the Bible talks about that like wrestling with the Lord like I have taken Juliet back to nurse her and just been like annoyed and like talking to God about it like what am I even doing here and that by the end of the conversation like he just convicts me and like encourages me and it's like no this is extremely important work like motherhood and like you were saying like not thinking about having to nurse the baby in the middle of the night or whatever that is like refining transforming work Mm -hmm. Um, and it's easier said than done, but I'm just with you in that, that sometimes I'd rather be like, okay, John, you're going to be with the girls for three hours and I'm going to go like speak to a group of like high school girls or whatever. That's like not my season. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So what did David end up doing? Like as you guys have like kind of transitioned out of like church and the old job, where did the Lord end up kind of leading you guys? He ended up leading us. Um, it was pretty crazy because he uh, was basically just saying, just go. And we we're like, okay, where? And the Lord's like, well, I'll show you when you're ready. <laughs> and so wow. we, yeah, the first step was just kind of telling our families. And I feel like we were just, we kind of seemed kind of crazy because like, we were just really just, because that was our goal this year, just like really just to pray that the Lord just grow our marriage and grow our relationships with him personally. And we were just really just praying that the Lord's will would be done. And pretty quickly after that, he started revealing these scriptures and telling us what we were supposed to do. And it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of scary. It's like, but exciting too, because you know, the Lord is speaking so clearly. So it was Mm -hmm. just like, how can I, how can I doubt God? How can I like wrestle with him over this? Because it was so clear. Yeah. Um, and so eventually, yeah, the Lord totally provided our home. And at the time we were kind of like, oh, but what about this place? This place is so much better. This area is so much better that the Lord is so clearly not opening those doors. And we were trying so hard to force those open. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, and the Lord eventually convicted us. And we're like, oh my gosh, Lord Jesus, please forgive us. Cause we're, this place so perfectly opened up. And it isn't like the dream location that we were hoping for, but the Lord could be doing so such bigger work than we can see. And so totally. that was the first thing he did was provide the place. And then for a while, he he actually, we weren't sure if he was going to leave his job or not, but then eventually his job ended up letting him go because we lived too far for his work mm, truck and we yeah. couldn't afford the gas to drive to work. Yeah, And so we're like, Hey Lord, that was you closing the door and they ended up paying for him for like two weeks of not being there. And so he totally Mm. like just provide that whole thing. And with that time, we got extra time of being together in the summer and, and he started looking for a job and 
he the Lord did provide a job for him. It is definitely not his dream job, but it's a job and we're grateful for that and it helps pay the bills. Yeah. But hopefully in the future, I mean, he won't be there forever and the Lord will open up a new door for him. But he provided in every way that he told us to step out in faith. He met us and Mm. provided for sure. That's so good. I love that. And I just think um, it's so incredible that you guys are willing to like, I don't know, the picture that comes to mind is just like walking on water, right? Like not being like, okay, I need to have everything lined up before we like tell our families or before we like decide to move or leave jobs. And I also just want to validate like, I know there can be challenges wherever people live, but girl, I know the struggle of like being in California and like paying for things and like the fact that you like moved out of a situation where you could like live with your in-laws and like into moving into your own place like that is a huge leap and for you to be able to stay at home with your kids like that is incredibly challenging and Mm -hmm. I just fully understand like the struggles that come with that and I love that the Lord like showed up and provided for your needs and met you in that way. So I hope that testimony is encouraging to someone else who's in like a similar season, whether it's on you and you're like trying to make a particular decision, or maybe your husband is feeling like led to do something that feels a little crazy. I hope that man and story here encourages you with that. So I would love to kind of transition a little bit to talk just kind of about motherhood. And specifically before we talk about, uh, your miscarriage, how did you guys decide that you were like, I guess, ready for parenthood or wanting to jump into that? Because you hadn't been married like, maybe you'd been married like two years when you had Garland. I can't remember. Yeah, we were married. Oh my gosh. I think like a year and a half when we had her. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So we, when we got married, our whole plan was to do the natural family planning method and all that. But up until then, my cycle was super off and very inconsistent. And so I couldn't use like the thermometer because I needed to have a period to start it. And I don't know, I think my diet was super bad. Like now knowing, I feel like I've done so much more research since then and I got my hormones and all that. But um yeah, I think there was just so much going against me at that time. So we ended up actually thinking that we were pregnant only like a couple months after getting married. And we're like, oh, this is not what we were planning. We were planning on waiting at least a year. And so we ended up taking a test. I wasn't pregnant. But after that, we were kind of like, wait, that'd be really fun to be pregnant. And we we're like, okay, well, you know what? The Lord is just like the Lord knows when we're going to have a kid. Why are we trying to control this? Like the Lord knows. And so, um, so we just kind of stopped preventing and we're like, we weren't actively trying. Like I wasn't like like, tracking my cycles or anything like that, but, Mm -hmm. um, we kind of just like, you know what, you're just going to leave it up to the Lord. And after that, literally because my cycles were covered in late, I always thought I was pregnant. And so I literally took a test like every single month. And it started like over time, it started like messing with my mind and I would get so sad. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And so we got married in November and then by the time May rolled around, I had a feeling I was pregnant. I definitely had, I just felt so different. And, um, I, my period was a little late. 
but not quite out of the normal. And I was just like, I, I can't handle another negative test right now. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait till the weekend and for it'll be like really late by then and I'll take one. And so I think it was the next day and I um, was getting ready for work. And I actually was kind of irritated because one of my clients who was notorious for canceling canceled again. And I was like, gosh, darn it. She's ruining my whole day. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. But now looking back, it was totally the Lord because I would have ended up being like in my car at work and having my miscarriage. So I ended up being home, mm. which is such a blessing. And so as I was getting ready to go to work, I and noticed I started bleeding and I was like, okay, I'm not pregnant. I would just get my period. And, and so I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I continued getting ready. And then all of a sudden I started getting really, really bad cramps and mm. no knowing it was like, it was contractions. It was, and yeah. I don't know if this is how it is for everybody else, but for me, miscarriage, like labor was way more painful than actual labor with my two other kids. Wow. And I remember talking about that with my mom too, because she had a miscarriage when I was 17. Hmm. And I, yeah, it was just so painful. I remember just being in like fetal position and not knowing what was going on. Like in my back of my head, I, it was, it was miscarriage in my head, but I did not want to accept that fact at all. Yeah. And so I just kept thinking like, man, this is the craziest period I've ever had in my entire life. Cause normally I just had super easy, like easy, easy periods. And so I ended up just, I'm like, I cannot, I can't work like this. I can't like stand on my feet and drive super far. And so I ended up canceling my day and just staying home. And I, yeah, I think I was just really just hurting all day and just felt like just horrible. And so I think it was the next day or actually, sorry, in the middle of the night, I did wake up and I went to use the restroom and I do remember hearing like a loud like clump like hit and mm -hmm. it was way bigger than like what I normally would like when I had blood passing I it was just it was so weird because I do remember thinking like oh my gosh is this a miscarriage and I, I didn't want yeah. to turn the lights on I didn't want to look I was just like I need to just get back to bed I can't yeah. I can't do this and so after that my pains completely stopped um and so I kind of that's kind of how I know it was that when it finally passed baby had passed mm -hmm. um and so I went back to bed and the next day I was at work and I was actually doing my mom's hair and I was kind of telling her about it and she was like well honey do you think you might have had a miscarriage and I just kind of started crying I was like yeah I think I did but I just can't let myself even think about that right now and that was kind of it we didn't really talk about it too much more and then when I got home that night and mind you, I hadn't mentioned any like miscarriage talk to my husband at that moment. Okay. And so he was kind of in the dark. He just thought I had a really bad period and wasn't feeling good. Yeah. Um, and so I got home, we went and got dinner. I just remember I was feeling still pretty sick. I just wasn't feeling good. And I came back and got in the bath and then I decided to Google early term miscarriage. And I was like 10 symptoms and I had like every single one and I just started sobbing in the bath and I remember David just kind of ran in and he was like what is going on I'm like I had a miscarriage I, he's like and he was so confused he's like what what do you mean like right. I didn't even know we were like, pregnant yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and I was like I didn't either and it was and that kind of just yeah it was the start of a very hard hard season for me I've never in my life struggled with 
um, any sort of depression or anything like that until that time. I just remember being really just sad all the time. And, and it was really just hard because that was only like probably like, I don't even know, like seven months into our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so still being newlyweds and just hitting just this really sad point in my life. And, um, also being so early term too, I feel like anybody I really told are like, Oh, well, this is early or something like that. But for me, it was, I was almost like the thought of I had, I lost the baby and I didn't even know it was there my whole yeah. life. I wanted to have a baby and I, I was pregnant. I didn't even know. And so I felt so robbed of that, just that season, that blessing. And, um, it was really sad. It was just a really hard season. And I, I do remember just, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it was a really hard season for me. And so I kind of entered yeah. a time of really wanting to get pregnant after that. Mm. I, yeah, I just wanted a baby so, so bad. And so I was like bound and determined to like get pregnant. I was just like started tracking all my cycles and all that kind of stuff. And then I, I think it was probably in like end of August and the Lord has just kind of convicted me. He was just like, what are you doing? You can't control this. Like you need to just surrender your timeline, your life, everything, your, your desire to have a mother, to be a mother. Like I know those desires. I put them in your heart for a reason. And he's like, you need to surrender those to me. And so I finally did. And we ended up getting pregnant that next month. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah. With my sweet rainbow baby, Garland. Yeah. And um, we did enter. That pregnancy was really hard. I um, was just so stressed at all times just about losing her. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just, it was so sad because I, again, like something I prayed for, I wanted so much my whole life. and. I feel like I couldn't really enjoy it a ton. And it was like mm -hmm. my entire pregnancy. Like normally when you get past that 12 week mark, you can kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. I feel like I still couldn't. I feel like it was mm -hmm. still stressful. And when I was a little girl, my mom, my aunt, sorry, not my mom, my aunt had a, lost my cousin who was born is stillborn. And so even, and that was at <sighs> nine months full term. And so even when yeah. I was at the very end, I was still like that fear was still so hard. I like couldn't let go of it. And so it was a, it was thankfully an easy pregnancy, but the emotional part of it was so hard mm -hmm. and it didn't literally, it didn't go away until I went into labor with my daughter. I all, after that, every ounce of fear went away and I was just covered head to toe with peace and it was so crazy. And I thankfully haven't struggled with that since, but that was a really hard like year. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I can't even imagine like, um, having that miscarriage be like your very first pregnancy being like you said like seven months into marriage like you're literally still no matter how long you've dated your husband like you were still getting to know them and figuring out how to communicate like baseline totally things. so to walk yeah. through something so challenging like that um and so gut-wrenching and and then to also like have that be, yeah, your first experience with pregnancy, it totally makes sense why there was this like fear going into your pregnancy with Garland. And I just really appreciate you sharing all of that because I think 
miscarriage is kind of this like mysterious thing that really isn't talked about. And unfortunately, it is like so common. And I like hate saying that because it's acknowledging something that's incredibly tragic. But I think so many, so, so many women like know this heartbreak well. And I think it even brings up for many people like, I don't know, like big theological, big questions like, God, why mm-hmm. do you let these things happen? You know, um, and even though we yeah. know his goodness, it's just like such a terrible, terrible thing. And so I don't think I actually realized for some reason I thought that your miscarriage was between Garland and Amos. And so that's incredibly hard. Obviously, it's challenging no matter how early you were or when it happens, like if you have other kids or not. But yeah, that would have been so hard if that was like your very first pregnancy and kind of experience. And it sounds like grieving was especially challenging because you didn't even know that you were pregnant. Like I imagine that really complicated things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause they almost, you almost feel like crazy for grieving something you didn't even know was there or like talking about it but I am grateful that I feel like my family and my husband really just let me talk about it and Mm. still talk about it I I love to talk about this pivotal point I feel like in my life I think that's what's so crazy I feel like that's what really helped me get through that time it was Mm. just I don't know, just talking about it and sharing my, yeah, my sorrow. And yeah. And through that, I think it's for me, at least, I know everyone's so different. They all grew differently, but for me, mm-hmm. talking about it really helped. Yeah. And I really hope it just ended up being a, like the Lord just using that too, just being able to see, like, because people knew it happened, but also being yeah. able to like, glorify the Lord too through what He's done through it. And just, the beauty of having more children and like how, how rare and precious they are and how it's just how miscarriage is so common. It's so sad, but how we just need to, yeah, just how precious children are and a blessing. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly what you were saying. Everyone grieves so differently and I know everyone's experience is so different, but what encouragement would you have maybe for someone who is walking through this at the moment or recently, or for someone who maybe say their sister or their friend is walking through a miscarriage right now? It sounds like you said talking about it really helped you in particular. Are there any other things that you would say would have been helpful or weren't so helpful that you kind of were met with in that season? Yeah. Um, what was really helpful to me and also just, yeah, just so encouraging was seeing other women be so open about it on Instagram. I, I remember I, so I had my miscarriage right before mother's day and that was also really hard. (laughs) It was so hard, but with that came a lot of baby announcements. And I remember that time there was multiple people that had announced they're pregnant with their rainbow babies. And so with that also came hope for me. And I was just like, so grateful that the few women that did share their stories with miscarriage and that they have their babies afterwards. And like the Lord still bless them with their children. And so I was so encouraged by that. And so that kind of is what made me want to be very open about it when I was ready. And, um, 
And so, yeah, I just feel like really getting to talk to other people that have gone through it was really helpful to me. I think like my mom had one, my aunts have had so many. And so Mm. it, it is, it's so sad how common it is. But with that comes so many people that have, yeah, you can relate to in a whole new way. That's what was so crazy when I had mine. I'm like, man, before going through it, you can sympathize and try to like, try to encourage all you want. But it's like, until you've gone through it, I'm like, wow, this is like so crazy. It's such a crazy, sad thing that, yeah, we can all relate to in some way. But yeah. Um, yeah. So really getting to talk to people that have gone through it was really helpful. And something just scriptures also I mean man the Lord just met me in so many ways and put so many scriptures just on my heart and something that has really I remember really helping me was writing down every single promise that the Lord has given to me and every single Mm. attribute of the Lord and every single thing the Lord says who I am and just covering my mind with all those truths all those things that are so true and that are from scripture and that when the Satan comes and my flesh comes and tries to throw all these lies and scary things and worries, I would be able to combat them with that, with those true things that are from God. And whenever I go through seasons of just worry or just stress and just like doubt, I kind of refer back to that like thing. I I just kind of make a new list of like all the things that I could think of. Wow. And it's such a comfort to me. So that's something that I really love to do. That's beautiful. That's so good. I think like it's interesting, especially as we become adults. Like, I don't know if you were like this as a kid growing up, but I was so critical and kind of angsty when I was like 16. I like went on these mission trips and I was like, I don't know, thought I was this like cool, edgy, like missionary girl. (laughs) And um, I was like, all these adults, they like have all this fear and they like just care about like cars and houses and like, I'm not like that. And then like, I don't know, it's not this way with everyone. And I'm not like saying it's good by any means, but like you have these precious babies to care for. For me, it was motherhood for some people. um, I think they experience a shift like without becoming parents or before becoming parents. But I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. I get it. Like I want like a car with working air conditioning for my babies. I want a house with like good neighbors and like places for them to roam and like all of these, there's room for, for fear and for some of these worries to creep in. And I think even if you would have asked me like, who is God and what are God's promises? Like I would have nonchalantly just like answered. Um, but I've really had to dig into just in these last few months, like when I'm feeling anxious or even like angry, I think sometimes my anxiety really expresses itself through like lashing out at loved ones, Mm. um, being like, oh my gosh, it's like digging into that. Like it's because I'm actually believing this about my husband or this about Mm. God. And like, well, what, I don't know when I get to that root, like I'm believing this lie that like, like God has enough for everyone except for me or like, God just like doesn't care. It's like, okay, I know that that's not true. And so I just think that is such a powerful tool to have, whether you're experiencing grief or fear or just anything hard. And so I love that you shared that because that's something just really recently that I've been like trying to utilize more. That's so good. Yeah, totally. So now you have 
two beautiful babies. Garland is like, you just told me, like two, two and a half? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Amos is almost eight months, you said? Yes. Okay. Wow. That's so nuts. So they are like 20 months apart, which I know the like two under two thing is so fun. I'm sure you get comments Mm -hmm. all the time like, you've got your hands full because that's what we get. (laughs) Literally (laughs) anytime we go anywhere. I'm like, I used to like really struggle with almost like being annoyed, but my sister-in-law was like, you've got your hands full with blessings. People are just trying to be nice and engage with you. And I was like, you're right. Why am I like mad at them? I don't. Wow. That's so good. I love that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm always like, can you not think of anything more creative to say? But I'm like, Lord, free me of that critical spirit because it's just usually nice old people who are like trying to engage with me yes but what does like kind of a typical day look like for the three of you I guess it kind of varies day to day I was trying to think of that too but for the most part um we start the day with just hanging out in bed really like Amos and I especially because Amos wakes up earlier we recently just like he's entered his crib now okay and so that's <gasps> kind of crazy oh it's my been gosh a crazy thing, so. yeah how <laughs> we, did you do that <laughs> we did we ended up doing just sleep training and it's always it's sad but for him it happened super quick and thankfully it only took like three days for him to be able to just be laying down and not crying yeah. It, it was really, it's so, it's so hard, but, and everybody has, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of controversial. Oh yeah, but for sure. But I, it worked for Garland so well. And I mean, that was my, I mean, my parents had six kids and that was one of their main regrets was not sleep training because no they way. had all their kids sleeping in their beds forever. And so I'm like, okay, if yeah. we, you guys have had this many kids. I guess I'm going to give it a try. And yeah. So right. We, yeah. So we did it with Garland and she is such a great sleeper. She loves she to go to bed. She'll tell us like, hey, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. I'm like, who are you? Where did you come from? Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're like, okay, we have to do or It was getting to the point. We, we love um, we love cope sleeping, but it just gets to the point where he did not want to touch us. And we're like, we have a tiny bed. We can't not touch you, buddy. I'm sorry. Yes. But, yeah. Oh, so he's in his crib. But now I get to soak in all the morning snuggles. Oh, yeah. And it's just so fun. And so he and I usually snuggle. And then um, if I wake up early enough, I feel like I try to do a workout. And um, he'll just be in the bouncy, like, hanging out, <laughs> watching me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Garland wakes up. And she always wants her breakfast right right away. So, yeah, and then after that, we really just hang out. We will read books or, like, color. She loves coloring. And mm-hmm. we just kind of do – just hang out. And um, we'll lay the kids down for a nap. And that is just kind of my quiet time to catch up on some, like, work because I do some, like, content creating. And I read a couple of different Instagram accounts. And so mm-hmm. I kind of catch up on all of that. And we'll eat lunch and then – they'll usually wake up, make lunch for them. And then I, that's when I usually will have let Garland watch like one of her favorite like shows or movies. And, and yeah, it's kind of like our wind down time before dad gets home and then yeah. we start supper and we just kind of hang out. It's, and then we finish the night with usually a bath and a lot of books. Right. Garland is so into his books right now. Yeah. What's her favorite? 
Uh, she loves if you give a mouse a cookie. That's uh-huh. like her favorite one right now. It's so cute. So cute. Yeah, she loves it. So we've we're like have to limit her otherwise. She's like, no, one more, one more, two more. Yes. And we're like, okay, my sissy, I'm sorry, honey. We can't do this all night. I know. But yeah, that's so that's funny. Our day. Yeah, yeah, that is so Flora. I'm like, okay, I will read you one book before dinner. She goes, two books. <laughs> She's like negotiating, yes. and I'm like. Always. No, I said one. <laughs> <laughs> always coming back with the two. Yes. Yeah. Always. That's so fun. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. And yeah, I sleep training is so controversial. It's so hard. And I wish it wasn't so. I mean, I don't know. I think we're all just like doing our best to discern what the Lord has for our families in particular. And that's something we're kind of you're my Instagram close friend. So, you know, I've been posting like, yes. what do I do about sleep? I like go back and forth yes. every day and I've been like talking to mentors about it and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's I get hard. it. John called it like, um, he was talking to our pastor and I think John just mentioned that we're like still co-sleeping with Juju who's one. And he's like, oh, I know it's the H when like you're like both hanging <laughs> yes. on the edge of the bed and then they're like sideways in the middle of you and it makes yep. an H. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yes, Juliet will is, just like yep. kick us and <laughs> hit us in the face in the middle of the night. It's not Yes. So not Amos, fun. his head, yeah, his head would always be facing my husband. And so he would always like try to pull like his like armpit hair or something yeah. like that or tickle him or something like that. And he was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And yeah. he kicks me and whatever. Well, yeah. Right. Just, I know. It, yeah. None of us were getting sleep at that point. So yeah. Like, okay. Something's going to change. <laughs> exactly. I told John I would love a king bed with our next baby because we're in a queen, which is like totally fine. We just have our mattress on the floor right now. But yeah. I just, we have slept in a king at his parents whenever we visited. And it's so nice. Like that actually has made co sleeping like fine for us so oh we'll see a dream yeah a dream but that is a dream for sure <laughs> it's so true okay so you mentioned that you kind of do like content creation and stuff which is so fun you do it so well Thanks. and I just want to know like kind of ending on a fun note like what do you love most about like styling your home and wardrobe and like how would you even describe your style I guess I know I was trying to think like how do I describe my style? I feel like I keep hearing or seeing those TikToks of like, what's your three words to describe your style? And yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I know. You can <laughs> give us way more than three words. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I was like, I don't even know. But I feel like for how I like like to dress, it's like very I like to dress more feminine and always include some sort of like earthy color or even like texture or mm. something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I lean to it towards a lot of that and just um, just that easy, effortless look. I feel like before coming to mom, it definitely was more <laughs> intricate, my outfits. But, yeah. you know, becoming a mom, you just need the easier it's true still cute and feels like you but yeah no you do mom style so well every time you post anything (laughs) I'm like I love it and was it hard for you to kind of make that shift especially with like nursing and stuff like when it came to your wardrobe yeah Yeah, I mean 
I did always have very large chest and so always dressing with that was always a struggle but becoming a nursing mom that really that escalates a lot and so that <laughs> I remember having a couple meltdowns of like oh my gosh how do I get dressed and be try to be modest and like cute yeah. and not like try to like yeah hanging out there, but, yeah it's yeah, true. Yeah, it's hard. It's a struggle, but you know, you still try to make it like yourself and Yeah, yeah right. Totally. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a rut at the moment. I'm literally wearing like loungewear that I've been in all day. And I love like the cute linen sets and like loungewear stuff, but I have been noticing I don't know. I feel like I go in certain seasons. Maybe part of it is because we moved and I feel like I don't really go anywhere and I don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. And so I've been slipping into like not really dressing much for the day, but I just feel so much better if I have like a cute roughly white top and some jeans. Like it just, I feel like a totally different person, but again, this co-sleeping thing, I gotta, (laughs) I gotta figure something out to get myself ready in the morning. Totally. Yes. I feel yeah. I feel like the only two days I really get dressed is like a Sunday and like Tuesdays when I go and visit my mom. Other than yeah. that, I'm not looking super cute. And I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. This is what you came all the time. Yeah, but, it's true. Oh. I know. I know it will like just be a season, but man, yes, it's it's, it's a, a season. season you said you run a few accounts. Do you do like any accounts for like businesses or do you have like a side project? Yeah, well, I I do my own thing with content creating, and then I run my the old salon that I worked at. Um, oh, sweet! As a couple years ago, I run their Instagram, and then mm-hmm. my husband's actually in a band, and so I just started running his their Instagram. Fun. And yeah, so it's been it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I That's so cool. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like. I need your help with my hair. I a friend of mine like posted something on Instagram today that was like she was just kind of brain dumping like lots of things she was processing and she was like and also I don't know what to do with my hair and I feel like I am in the same rut where like I have never had it this long and I wanted to grow it long and it's finally mm-hmm. like quite long like past my belly button. But now I'm like okay that means I need to like do something with it. I don't think I want to like chop chop but mm-hmm. I just need, I need some direction. Something. So well, maybe, maybe you can... when you're down here, <gasps> yeah, come down yes. here and I'll cut your hair. <laughs> yeah, do something to it. Oh my gosh, please. Yes, that would be amazing. It. It's in my kitchen. I don't work in a salon anymore. But... Yeah. No, wait, that's oh, well. ideal. Flora and Carlin can yes. just hang out. Yes, I love that. It's perfect. <laughs> Man, and this has been so much fun. Um, Seriously, cannot wait we get to be together in person in a few weeks, which is going to be awesome. So So sweet. But we're just going to wrap up with the same questions I like to ask every single guest who comes on. So what are three things that you have been loving lately? can be totally random. They are pretty random. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, one of the things we recently, and as in we, it's me and David, we started doing like Sunday night, like intentional kind of like date night almost because mm. we were realizing we hadn't been on a date in like a long time and like, okay, we yeah. still need to have like some intentional time together. And so we're like, okay, let's like make sure we get a treat like to have on Sunday night and we get to just like catch up and talk and pray together over a mm. week and just kind of talk over a week because we were realizing that like certain things would come up and we never like 
or we would tell each other, but it was in passing and we yeah. would forget or something. Totally. And so that time has been really fun. And sometimes if it's just like we're tired, we're like, you know what, let's just watch a movie together and sit on the couch and eat our treat. And yeah. that's fine too. But that's as long so as we're just being intentional with each other. So those have been really sweet. Yeah. And with that, I discovered my new favorite ice cream, and I noticed you eat it too. Okay, it's which a, one? I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. Is it Van Van Leeuwen? I think. Lewin? Literally just <laughs> got some more today. I could eat a pint oh a day. I swear. Same. Oh my gosh! So that is definitely a new thing. I am like loving. It's yeah. So stinking good. It's so yeah, good. I, Are you just a vanilla girl or have you tried the other ones? Because someone recommended the Earl Grey, which I haven't tried anything other than the vanilla yet. Oh, I haven't tried that yet. No, I tried the honey one, I think. Oh, stop. That one is so stinking good. And then we recently tried, it's like a cheesecake berry one. Oh. That one is so so good. It has like a graham cracker, like crust like inside it it's so ridiculous and those ingredients are so good like my husband is very so for anyone who's into the like pro-metabolic eating well first of all fun Corey Malloy was actually a guest on the podcast episode 27 so that was really special um so she shares kind of all about that stuff but my husband actually got into pro-metabolic eating like almost two years ago so I thought he was crazy. And then I saw all of my Instagram friends posting about it. And I was like, oh, I'll like kind of try it, which I feel bad that <laughs> that's how it was. But I was like, John, why are you like, you know, drinking milk and juice and like eating raw carrots all the time? <laughs> but he's very particular about like, you know, ingredients, which has been such a gift to us. And yeah, yeah anyways, this family wins. It's like literally what egg yolks and sugar and cream like I don't know just super so good clean you can actually and read so everything good. on it yes it doesn't so have all good. these like gums like xanthan yes. gum and stuff it's awesome yes it's so good wow I love it he was so ahead of the time with his yes <laughs> diet no he's I like he eats liver and like cooks it really well nice. it's we just started eating liver. My husband yeah. like will actually chew it, but I just like to just swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, we're so crazy. Like, wow, we really hit that point where we have liver in our freezer. We eat it all the time. Right. I know. But well, it's good. It honestly is. John makes it really well. Like at first he would just get like the liver steaks and like fry it. And it was really hard for me, but I would eat a little bit. But now he's like kind of makes this like Asian style with he'll get like I don't know, green onions and I don't know if he does brown sugar. I'm literally don't know what he does, but we like eat it with rice and it's good. Like I'll actually eat it. So yeah. That sounds so good. Wow. That's cool. So what's your (laughs) third thing that you've been loving? We've got my third thing. It's kind of ironic because this is a podcast, but I feel like I've been getting into podcasts. Like I have just, I feel like last year when I was pregnant with Amos, because I was having a home birth, I got into a lot of home birth podcasts. And that was like the first time I really listened to them. And and I love listening to like the Happy Home Birth podcast and all those. So good. They're so good. And so recently I I started, like I said earlier, I started working out. Yeah, And so I've been, instead of putting music on, I just put a podcast on or like on a long drive, I just put it on. And so I've just been deep diving into so many different ones. And there's so many amazing ones, including Love in a Cottage. And Aww. so it's been so fun. Just like, yeah, just like learning and growing. And I thought like because 
like, like the season of not being able to go to like sit in church all the time because mm-hmm. we're in the nursing room. Yeah, it's been nice to have another kind of like I don't know Bible study or any other sort of encouraging like just podcasts. To totally, to. been really really awesome. Yeah. What are some of your yeah. favorites? Um, I love like Risen Motherhood, the mm, Daily yeah. Walk. I, I love the Daily Walk because that's mm. with John Randall. Um, okay. He's a pastor down in Orange County. Cool. I don't think I know that one. He's so good. And then um, the Freely Rooted podcast. I mean, yeah. Right. So <laughs> She's good. so great. Yeah. Love, yeah. Love Farmhouse on Boone. And oh my gosh. Been, yes. She's so great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, I really like this. Um, she's a, a YouTuber. I think her name's Melina Diari. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, the yeah, Ask for she, Me in her, My House Yes, podcast. I love their podcast, too. Yeah. yeah. They're just another neat, young Christian couple. It's just so cool. Totally. Yeah, those are the ones I've been listening to a lot. Yeah. No, that's so good. I'm always looking for, like, new recommendations. And, yeah, it's funny. I remember, like, pre-children thinking about people like running or working out listening to a podcast and I was like how like how do you do that and now I love it I totally love it like I don't know if it's just the um lack of adult conversations I have most of the time like just in my life with um mothering (laughs) toddlers and babies but yeah it is so delightful to have that time yeah, Risen Motherhood is awesome. There are so many good ones out there. So good. Yeah. I love it. There's a lot of them. How can we as a community be praying for you? I mean, I feel like it's really just to be just the wife, the mom, and the friend that just like the Lord has just made me to be. And one that just mm. fears the Lord and is just a light and isn't um, afraid to just speak. I don't know, the truth from the Lord and yeah. um, one that fears God other than man. I feel like that's mm. something I've been, the Lord's been really teaching me this year is just to, yeah, just to not be so concerned about what man thinks, but really just to, we stand before the Lord and not man. And to, I feel like that's what the Lord's been teaching me and I'm still working on. And yeah. 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 It's just to really listen to this with the Holy Spirit and just to obey the Holy Spirit's putting in my heart and convicting me and telling me to do. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. We'll definitely be praying for you and alongside of you with that. And I think, yeah, that's so cool that God has been like kind of speaking that to you because that's something in the last just like week I've been thinking about more. I don't know. I know pastors like touch on it sometimes, but it's not something that I've heard preached on like extensively, like the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot about like not fearing, like not having fear, but not necessarily about like fearing the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's so much there that we could just like chew on and unpack. So I love that you've kind of been processing Mm -hmm. through that. And also just want to say even like, yeah, it is so easy to, I think, even deeply and subconsciously like have a fear of man like again the thing that comes to mind is the sleep training like that's something Mm -hmm. I've been having to really sort through because I think that's just one particular issue but you could talk about this with like breastfeeding versus like formula feeding or pumping and just like so many things within Mm -hmm. like there are so many decisions that we make as parents and I wouldn't necessarily come out and say like, I'm afraid of like what other people will think, but there's definitely a level of me wanting to feel accepted by like 
a community of like-minded women. And I've dealt with like, oh my gosh, if I sleep train or if I don't sleep train, like, am I still like in this club or am I still, I don't know. It sounds ridiculous saying out loud, but I think so many of us, it's like, am I still considered like a crunchy mom if I like do X, Y, Z or whatever, you know, or maybe the opposite is true of you. So I think it's just the Lord has never done refining us. And I just really resonated with you sharing that. So thank you. Oh, yes. Manon, where can people find you and connect with you? You can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's just my name. It's Manon, M-A-N-O-N dot LaCroix, L-A-C-R-O-I-X. And yeah, that's my name. Is that name your middle name? Source. It is. I know. Some people be like, you really love LaCroix sparkling water, huh? I'm like, no, it's actually my name. That is so <laughs> funny. I think like when I first came across your page, I was like, wow, LaCroix. And then I, I don't know. I was like, oh, it's probably her name. Is your name French? How yeah. did your parents name you that? I just have to ask before yeah. we go. Yeah, it is. It's supposed to be pronounced Manon, I think. Manon okay. And um yeah my mom found it it was actually she she found it in sports illustrated <laughs> the model that was on the cover was in Manon and she really liked it and so yeah that, that is that's too funny <laughs> I love that oh my gosh well it's so beautiful and unique and I just think that's so fun Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Well, man, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so sweet. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear this episode and be encouraged by your story. Thank you so much. It was such a blessing being here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I'm so grateful you decided to join us today. And I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. So the first way is to share the show with a friend. This is actually how most people find our show, and I am so thankful every time you do this. You can text them a link, or you can also share the show on your social media. This ultimately helps the algorithm get our show to more like-minded women who can find our community. And I also just love reading through your comments. They mean so much to me and are so encouraging. And finally, you can actually donate to the show by Venmoing PageGuidal or sending via PayPal to hello at pageguidal.com. I'm currently working on getting a website up and running, so this is more official, but it does cost time and resources and energy to create the show. And even just $5 helps so much with all of the monthly fees and time. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so thankful for you and we will see you next week for another episode.